Hey, everybody. Today is Thursday, September 23rd, and this is Trosos, the official podcast of El Tuerto Guti. This is a podcast about life, language, CI, creativity, and teaching hosted by me, El Tuerto Guti. This podcast is 1,000% guaranteed to make you think, laugh, learn, or realize that you have better things to do with your time and your day than listen to me, or you get your money back. Special shout out to podcast sponsor, Elit. Elit app is the best digital virtual FER solution known to existence. Elit is an online app-based platform that gives you and your students the chance to read your favorite books by El Tuerto Guti and tons of other more talented authors and writers anywhere and wherever, whenever they want. There are tons of tools integrated for you, the teacher, to keep track, to assign, to let them go loose and pick the book they'd like. You get to see where they're at. There's, you can quiz them. There are tons of things in there. More authors, more features are being added every day. Check it out at e-litapp.com. And if you'd like to sign up, use the code LGUTI when you do. This is Trosos, the official podcast of El Tuerto Guti. Episode two is called Sinfected, C-I infected. When did your infection with CI begin? In this episode, I, El Tuerto Guti, have a special guest, David El Arustobushka, the man, the myth, the legend, Derry David El Arbusto. Bushka, Bushka, Bauschka. David, thank you for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me on. So our paths crossed a couple times. We played tennis together once or twice. Yeah, we and then talk about how that went. <laughs> you were student teaching, and then the fall after you student taught at the school, I was working there. And then years later, we're here, sitting in the same room. Destiny. Wearing Destiny. Wearing uh, homecoming outfits. So... Uh, Rosas y Espinas. My Rosa is I've been wearing sweatpants this week and hats in a professional setting. What is, uh, do you have a Rosa to share? Uh, I like to just be as strange as possible. Uh, whatever combination can be as weird as I can be. Wearing overalls right now with some awesome polka dot socks popping out as well. So just as strange as possible. My, my Espina, I am currently hungry. So that was Rosas and Espinas. So here's, here's a, a question for you. I know, I know where you went to school. Um, I, I don't think we'll, we'll name where we went to school. That's okay. Um, but I know I did not have any instruction on CI in methods classes or anything. And I, I, I do not think you did as well. But we, we both sit here. Um, infected, sinfected with CI. Fact. Um, so two minutes, four minutes, seven minutes. Give us your, uh, how were you infected with CI? Uh, well, I went going through school in my Spanish classes. It was always just straight grammar. Uh, same thing. It, 
my school of choice where I am an alum. Uh, so nothing, nothing ever gave me this, this thought. But then as I was teaching, um, I was only teaching grammar. My kids could conjugate a verb most of the time. Uh, but I was starting to realize that whenever I would speak to them, they a lot of times wouldn't understand or when I wanted them to produce something back, same thing. They couldn't give me hardly anything. And it, it made me kind of reflect on what do I want my students to give me? Uh, and what is the purpose of them being in my class? And I realized I want them to be able to use their language. I want them to be able to feel comfortable going out into the world and using Spanish. Uh, and so I really started kind of researching more and more about uh, what CI was, how it worked, the benefits of it, and I finally kind of took the plunge a little bit to really get educated so that I could maybe know what I was doing and not go in totally blind. And I went to a conference in, here in Iowa hosted by TPRS Books um, and Mike Pato, and uh, by the end of the day, I was speaking German. I know no German, knew no German. Do you, uh, yeah. uh, do you remember any? Uh, ich sprechen Deutsch, uh, uh, bin Deutsch, I think that's little, little, little German. Um, I know less and less the further and further I get away, but I haven't heard it hardly at all uh, for about three years. Uh, although I did wake up from surgery once and I was told that I was speaking German because uh, that was a week after I had taken this class. And then I woke up again, I was speaking Spanish. And then the third time they would finally treat me because I was uh, speaking English again. <laughs> uh, so it, it was really, talk about being infected with just high repetitions. Uh, I woke up in an unconscious state speaking a language I had only spoken for eight hours. Oh my gosh, I think, so <laughs> at least for me being on Facebook and seeing everyone just trying to push, like CI is amazing, CI is amazing. And everyone's like, uh, I don't know. I think your story would really be, listen, people, if you have surgery, if, you, if, you're, <laughs> if you're exposed to CI and you get some good CI input and then you have surgery, you get some output. It works. Yes. Go have surgery. See for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. And then so I, I finally, I got a lot of ideas and really saw what a CI classroom looks like. I brought that back to my classroom and I tried it out for that. So that conference was in March. And so I tried that out after I came back from my surgery in April and May. The kids loved it. Uh, I love telling stories. Uh, I, I like to think that I'm kind of creative. And so the kids really jived with that and we just rolled with it. And we, I was getting more and more output. It wasn't perfect. And so I had to kind of set aside that, you know, my Spanish ones might say yo tiene. But what do I know that they just asked me or said to me? They said, I have. They, and they knew what they were trying to communicate and will slowly, slowly build to correctness uh, as they move along. But if they got stuck somewhere, they'd be able to communicate in a very basic way. And that's what I want. So more or less, you uh, went home on Friday teaching grammar and you came back on Monday yeah. Maybe a surgery later. <laughs> Full yeah. steam CI. It was it was that that drastic. Uh, I said, "Listen, this is what we're doing now. 
Uh, I, all of you guys, when I asked what your goal was, was you wanted to speak Spanish. And, and all your answers were similar to that. Uh, and I didn't think that I was preparing them to meet their goal, which was to speak Spanish in the real world. And I said, I have the tools now. You guys are going to be my guinea pigs. And let's hit it. Let's go for it. It, it helped that I was a, a department of one. So I had no restrictions at all. And so Spanish four to Spanish one, I said, it's Spanish. We're going to go 90% is our goal at least every time. And yeah, we just jumped into it and the kids loved it because uh, they got to be creative right along with me. And they, they got a lot more buy-in too because our units were based on stories that they were making. So are you three years, four years? This would How be long my, have you been This would be my third year. Third year of Sinfection. My gosh, how are you dealing with this infection? Uh, I love it. I love it. Um, the other day, I was walking around like a hunchback with my uh, bike helmet underneath my back, acting like a camel. I got to jump through the ceiling with my arms in the air because I was too tall of a giraffe uh, that the kids were giving me uh, this language. And the kids were laughing and contributing in, in the target language. And it's, it's just like, this is what I want. I want to be able to interact in a, in, in a silly way and have kids enjoy being in class and learning without them even necessarily knowing they're learning. Yeah. And I think, I think that might get a knock for some people. Like, why are, why are you teaching them about camel humps? <laughs> <laughs> like one, it's hump day. Two, um, but I think, you know, if you're going to, I think we all agree that our kids are not going to go from zero to hero in two years. And so if it's going to be something that they're going to use professionally and in life, it's going to be five, six, seven years. But if you don't hook them right away, like if they don't, if they're not enjoying it and they're not feeling like they're having success or comprehension at the beginning, why would they continue? Um, so I totally agree that just, you know, if it takes you telling a story about a camel for a kid to be like, Oh, I like this. I can do this. I'm going to do it for the next, you know, eight years and get a degree. I'm all for camel humps. <laughs> I'm a big black eyed peas fan. My hump, my hump. Um, so David, why don't why don't you ask me about my, um, about my C infection? Uh, what is the origin of your infection, Puerto um, Guti? So, uh, so there's this scene in the office where Michael says, "I, I when I was five, I drew this horse and it had a horn in it. <laughs> it had a horn on its head, and I imagined this creature. And I was five. When I was five. I imagined that there was such a thing as a unicorn. And this is before I had even heard of one or seen one. I just drew a picture of a horse that could fly over rainbows and had a huge spike in its head. I was five, five years old. Couldn't even talk yet. And so I, I, I kind of feel like I am a little bit of Michael Scott in that I kind of feel like I came to an understanding of CI before I knew what CI was. As in, like, you were 
already experimenting with it and then it finally got a name? Well, yeah. And so like I taught a huge school that was pretty, I mean, in, in our department, my, my first colleague, um, she was awesome and she gave me some freedom and, and she gave me some confidence, just, Hey, try things out. And, um, and so I did. And I just started trying to speak completely in Spanish the whole time, as opposed to kind of how I learned English and grammar and verb charts and all that. Um, and so I kept saying to parents, like, and, and we, we, had, we had a ton of talks about grading with my colleague. And, and I just kept coming back to, like, I just want to grade them like they step off a plane or they step onto a bus in Spain, can they survive? Like, what can they really do? Because, you know, we were taking off half points for accents and things. And I was like, what the heck? Why does this, this doesn't have anything, any of, if they get off a bus and they're like, well, I know that there's supposed to be an accent over a star, but I don't know how to ask where my hotel is. And so I just kept coming back to that idea of like, what do they need when they step off the plane, yeah, probably out of the airport, actually. Uh, what do they need? And so um, I just tried a couple things. And then it was really two years ago. And it was, it was at a Senior Willie session. And I think <coughs> you were there. I was there. <laughs> um, and it was just kind of this realization that, and I was in my master's program at the time. And it was this realization of like, oh my gosh, there are tons of others. So first, first podcast was about being double verted. And with Facebook comments, I found out there are a lot of others out there. It was kind of the same thing where it's like, oh my gosh, people are doing this and there's resources everywhere. And I just kind of become, I don't know, blinded by it, but I was kind of doing my own thing and the department wasn't necessarily doing exactly that. And so I just kind of did what I did. I wasn't researching. Just kind of went forward with myself. Um, but then I went to the, the session with him and it was just like, this is a real thing and people are really doing this. And I got on Facebook and I joined a ton of groups and like I learned more in a month on Facebook than I did in my master's program. Um, and I just went full steam ahead. I was like, this is awesome. And I started writing books and these little stories. Um, and although I have been infected, um, it was kind of like I had the virus. I just, I was asymptomatic for a while. <laughs> <laughs> but then, yeah, after that session, definitely CI infected and uh, went full steam ahead. So I, I do not see myself turning back. No, I think once you see just honestly the the joy of that you see from kids knowing that they understand something, the results are so much more immediate. It's not like, oh, I finally get that this o always goes in front or after my verb when I uh, write or when I talk, but all of a sudden it's that they understand something that's really tangible for them. Uh, and it's just it's awesome when the kid has that aha moment, and I feel like you get so many more of those when you just jump in and go for that uh, CI instruction there. Absolutely. And one thing, 
Um, so since you joined us last year, um, it's just so encouraging because I have Spanish threes, which is a dual enrollment college class. And I, as of now, I can't get anything by them. Like I haven't been able to like speak over their head. So, um, output is still coming along, but as far as their comprehension, they are awesome. So David, thank you for sharing your, your CI infection story. Of course. I'm going to spread it whenever I can. Boom. Listener questions. In this segment, I, we, do my best to answer questions sent in and submitted by you, the listeners. To submit a question, head to eltuertogudi.com slash trosos. To submit a voice message, or if you'd like to send me a question, um, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, United States Postal Service, all of those things work. Trosos is a podcast about life, language, CI, creativity, and teaching. So anything that falls under those categories is fair game. Question number one, our first voice message was submitted by Teresa Y. Really exciting people to get a voice message. We only got one, but this is only podcast two. <laughs> so I think next podcast, we'll have somewhere between 50 and a million. So here it goes. Teresa, take it away. Should teachers accept late work ever? Sure. I mean, if the kid took the time to do it, uh, but in all honesty, I don't really give much, so I don't have as much of an opinion on that as I used to uh, because I think it's important for them to be active listeners. Uh, but I would say, go ahead, take it. I always I take always late work. I never not take late work. I also do not uh, give a I ton of homework for them to complete, them to complete but I always, always, always will accept Late work. I think there are times to teach responsibility and deadlines. And I don't think Spanish class is that place. I think my job is to get them to explore something new, to have a good time when they're at school, to feel like someone cares about them. Um, and I think if we do those things, then you can accept late work, but you can also have conversations like, hey, you know, for Spanish class in ninth grade, turning this in two days late, that's all right for me. But in the future, you got to get that in. And from now on, I'm expecting you to get back in. And a lot of times um, it's successful that way. So totally agree. David is a yes. I mean, yes. Question number two, submitted by my good friend, Andrew Dykema. Should reading or listening comprehension questions be written in L1 or the target language? I think um, my answer on this goes back to another session at IWA. And it wasn't a session. I guess I was talking to an exhibitor and it was something to do with government language learning tests. And he said that every test question for like the armed forces for their language programs, every test question costs $5,000 to develop. Yikes. It was either $5, $500, $5,000 or 5 million. It was one of those, but they spend so much time finding if it's a, if it can be a valid question, which means 
can anyone who has the knowledge answer it correctly? So if there's a vocab word that they're not going to know, that throws them off from really not being able to comprehend the question, that doesn't show whether they know the content. And so for that reason, um, I think there are a lot of times when giving them the question and allowing them to answer in English for comprehension is perfectly fine. Thoughts? I, I would agree. You don't want that issue of them not knowing a single word, like he said, to be the reason why they, quote, can't comprehend or don't understand uh, what's going on. Because um, I think that when I'm a bit, I emphasize a lot that uh, you don't necessarily need to know every single word in order to understand the context and the gist of what you're reading. Uh, and so that would kind of go against my philosophy there. Uh, and so I think it's, I think English is fine uh, because it still shows they understand and that does not hinder them uh, by not knowing a single word, maybe. Question number two or three or four or five. I can't remember which one it is. I don't like numbers. Is the eye patch a stylistic choice, a pirate uniform, or is there a more interesting secret backstory? Thank you, Andy D, again, for that question. Um, there is a more interesting backstory that will be revealed in due time. Question number three. What common practices from before time should come back once COVID restrictions are gone? And what should we never do again? Once again, thank you, Andrew, Andy, Dykema. Andy D. What do you got? This was a pretty difficult uh, question for me. Uh, I thought that things that maybe we could keep is having available uh, for live streams or things like that so that kids who are sick but maybe aren't too sick and still feel compelled to maybe check in, to have that as an option for them. I think that'd be a great thing to keep. Uh, things to bring back, uh, I, I honestly don't know. I feel like I'm teaching so similarly to how I already was that I haven't lost a whole lot other than maybe I have a few less contact points, um, less marker boards, uh, more of Google Canvas or Chrome Canvas, whichever one's actually called. The kids Google it anyway and they find it. I think that we should get rid of the idea that we should keep doing what we're doing just because we're doing it. That is kind of confusing. I would like you to explain. Yeah. There are so many things that we're doing now that we're doing a bit differently, and I think it's causing some growth. We're learning how to do things better. We're learning how to reach students in different ways, and I think that if we gave ourselves situations where it's like, well, you have to push yourself. You have to do something that you've never done before. I think we're seeing a lot of benefit from a situation that isn't super fun and it's hard, but we're learning and we're doing new things. So Andy, thank you. And our last question, what are some ways to spice up Persona Especial interviews? Well, thank you, Andy D for the question and reminder to all of you, if you don't want Andy to ask all the questions, you can go to eltuertoguti.com slash trosos and you can submit a voice question. And if I like it and if it's something I think I can talk well about or if it's something I think will make you laugh, I'll put it on. So here's my answer for that. So I did a Persona Special interview today and it went well. It went well. I used 
an iPad connected to a TV and I drew some funny pictures. I used some humor, some inside humor, some things I knew about the kids and their families. I had a hat with a question mark on it. But that's not really spicing things up. So here are three things that I think you could use to, to spice it up. One, fireworks. Fireworks spice things up. Number two, fog machine. When the fog machine starts going at a concert, everyone's like, oh, yeah, fog machine. This is going to be awesome. How amazing would it be if you just fog machined up your persona especial? Probably the other kids in the school would be super excited about it as well because I think the fire alarms would go off and, you know, people would be able to go outside. And lastly, uh, the thing I think spices up life more than anything is the horns from Daddy Yankee concerts. So if you can find one of those Daddy Yankee horns, I think I think that would really spice things up. Thanks, Andy. I really hope we get a lot more user questions. Andy is the dude. He's my man. But I'd like to answer all of your questions. Teresa, thanks for asking your question. And hopefully we get some more answers next week. Trosos is the podcast of life, creativity, teaching, El Tuerto Goody, CI, you name it, you ask a question, I'll see if I can answer it for you. Huge shout out, special guest, David El Arbusto Bushka. We'll see if we can get him on again. Good guy, passionate, does great work. That is, quite, that is episode two of Trosos, the official podcast of Spanish teachers everywhere. I, I'm calling it. Trosos is the official podcast of spit, not just of all teachers everywhere. Thanks, everybody. Have a great week. We'll see you next Thursday. And as always, hasta luego.